Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp the Fightful.com podcast here. November 2nd edition, we are going up against absolutely no competition in the sports world. There is not a Game 7 featuring two teams that haven't won a World Series uh, in our lifetimes. Nothing like that. Nothing major, but still... Here, Showdown Joe and I are talking to you all about MMA. We're talking Bellator, UFC, Ronda Rousey, USADA. I'm going to be talking about that Cruiserweight show a little bit later on. Lots of stuff to get into. Joe, how are you? I'm doing pretty good, but uh, for those that don't know, Sean knows me very, very, very well because as soon as he kicked off the broadcast, uh, I'm not visible. I immediately looked down on my phone, and I just want to see the score of the Cubs and Cleveland game because I haven't <laughs> been able to tune in. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's a big game, Sean. Who are you, who are you rooting for? I know I know it's a cross-state rival and stuff like that, but Cleveland Indians. or Cubs? Indians, without a doubt. I playfully dislike Cleveland. I loathe the Cubs. Why? Which... Central Division rivals of the Reds. Fair enough. Fair enough. Which ironically, I'm, I'm a giant Bulls fan. We don't have a local basketball team. Really, the closest we have is the Indiana Pacers. And who the hell is going to be an Indiana Pacers fan, even in Indiana? <laughs> Why would you do that? That's terrible. I will definitely, though, I mean, I'm, I'm, I've been looking forward to this podcast all day because of some of the stuff that we have to talk to. But something behind me was just kind of like, dude, you got to watch that game as soon as you're done with Sean because this is history in the making. And, and, and of course, I know I said it before, Sean. Sorry if I sound like a broken record, but as a die hard blue and white fan, Toronto Maple Leafs, and my blood is definitely blue and white. Uh, I know sort of what the, the Cubs fans feel like. The Leafs haven't won since 67, but they haven't won since, oh my, was it 106 years, 103 years? It's been many, many years. Like a century, man. So I kind of feel for them, and I just, you know, be happy to see them win the World Series, but doesn't matter. Once you and I are done, sit down, put on some baseball, have a good time. I'm more interested in the Bulls versus Celtics game on right now, honestly. But Come on, either, either are you way. serious? I am. They chopped down like a 15-point deficit, and they're they're about to tie it up. Either way, we got a lot of MMA to talk about. We got some pro wrestling to talk about. Ronda Rousey said on the Ellen Show this week 
flat out. This is going to be one of my last fights. Now, she didn't say it's going to be her last fight. This is no big shock. This has been said before. She said very clearly, I don't want to fight into my 30s. She is 29. She said she considers 31 her 30s, not her being 30. So I could see her fighting another year and a half. I could see her fighting Amanda Nunes, Holm or Tate again, Cyborg. I could see her doing those things. And more power to her. If she can get five to seven million a fight, then transition into movies, cool. Uh, Dana White says it. There's a lot to talk about here, but no big shock here or, or is it, is it one to you? No, but I think if we take off our, our MMA bubble glasses, Sean, and you take a look at the fact that, you know, we're hardcore. When, when you say MMA bubble glasses, are they like the glasses that Bubbles from Trailer Park Boys wears with the the giant lenses? Pretty much. I mean, that's what we wear because this is what you and I do 24-7. It's what we where it, what encapsulates our life, and it's what we know. But you hear something like that, and the first thing – I mean, people that were stopping me after the interview or talking to me after the interview, mainstream fans, Sean, are all like, oh, my God, it's going to be Ronda Rousey's last fight. And I just looked at them. I'm like, that's that's not what she said. Oh, I can't wait to watch. This is going to be Ronda's last fight. And I said I – I didn't want to say it that they got suckered in, but I'm like, that's how you sell a pay-per-view. Yeah, let them let them think that. Yeah, let them think that. Also, the the World Series game is tied up one one. Yep, saw that Cleveland scored. Ooh. But you know what I'm saying about the whole thing that Ronda is very methodical in the way she said that. Maybe she didn't mean to say it like that, but I can tell you one thing: by saying that, there are a whole lot of eyeballs that will be tuning in. Not just because Ronda Rousey's making her return; she has the opportunity to to win the title again, but. It's apparently her last fight. Well, you and I both know it's not going to be her last fight. People think it's her last fight, so it's another reason for people to tune in and drive that pay-per-view number up. So if that was Ronda's um, plan all along, kudos to her. Good for her. She did a fantastic job doing that on The Ellen Show. So, And uh, I have a lot of people asking me, do you think she's going to go to the WWE? Do you think she's going to wrestle? I do think she'll make at least an appearance. She will probably wrestle at least one match. I don't think she'll be that keen on the idea of traveling. Now, I wouldn't doubt that they'll bring her to several episodes of Raw because they they will have her on Raw. That's just how they do with their celebrities. They put them on Raw, not SmackDown. Uh, C. Goldberg, for for an example. I think she would do fine. I think her judo background would translate well. Uh, They would be able to have her use that and play to her strengths. She does a lot of judo throws that are safe, that make people land on their back, and she's been doing it her whole life. She can take care of somebody in the ring in that manner. Somebody like Stephanie McMahon, because Stephanie McMahon will probably get the match because they won't give it to one of the current stars. But Ronda Rousey will also probably win because it'll be at WrestleMania. And a celebrity has never lost WrestleMania. Can you believe that? No. Snooki from the Jersey Shore won at WrestleMania. Look, man, that totally doesn't surprise me at all. That's just good good work by the WWE folks that are writing all that stuff. But um, can can she potentially get a deal, not similar to Brock Lesnar's, but sort of in a, in a manner where she could do both and or if she just wants to do WWE, not as frequent, uh, not perform every single weekend or just you know maybe you know three four times a year. One hundred percent, absolutely. She can get whatever deal she wants out of WWE. Uh, UFC may be a different question. WWE wanted Paige Van Zant for SummerSlam, and she turned them down. She was like, uh, no, I think I'll fight instead, and she did, and she won. So it ended up being a good career move. But um, 
Yeah, it was. Uh, she could absolutely get that deal because Ronda Rousey is special, whether she's lost or not. And a lot of people they they said, well, Ronda Rousey losing killed her career. Oh hell no, it didn't. I've never seen web traffic ever like what I saw after Ronda Rousey lost. And every single story that was published about Ronda Rousey after that, it got a lot of attention. So her her return, and, and they need it for a Friday show because the last Friday show they did didn't do so hot. It was that, that Brock Lesnar, Alistair Overeem show. It did like in the 500,000s, but that's not good for a Brock Lesnar pay-per-view. So they need her for that show. Uh, speaking of that show, we'll, we'll talk about some of the additions, but man, that, Ronda Rousey's back. She's going to grab the sport by the throat, take what money she can, and get out, and I don't blame her. That's the whole point of prize fighting, in my opinion. That's the whole point of anything you want to do in life. If, if it's, well, especially if you're a fighter. Uh, who wants to take all those concussive blows nonstop over and over again, and especially in training, let alone leading up a fight when the, when the gloves are you know half the size, if not 25% of the size that you use while you're training. I mean, yeah, you're using 16-ounce gloves, using boxing gloves, and you train. Sometimes you train in MMA gloves, but when that's – real uh you know live and, and you're fighting with four and a half ounce gloves man i i don't know anything i mean there's there, i'm sure there's tougher things in life i don't know what they are but uh make your money you know conor mcgregor said it a thousand times just make my money and get out and and that's what technically what they all should do what everyone should do maximize um whatever you can for your brand maximize the revenue you can create for your brand and then get out of dodge and do something else you also got to be smart with your money uh i mean there was the ufc uh the select ufc fighter summit for the veterans uh and i thought it was a fantastic idea that the ufc did this and brought in former uh i think it was nfl and nba players and explaining to them uh i mean i've been a part of a lot of financial conferences sean where i got to see and hear um all kinds of multimillionaires, $10 million and $50 million, and they end up bankrupt. And it's like, how does that happen? Well, if you don't know how to take care of your money, uh, you've never had money, you've never been taught how to deal with your money, you're in big trouble. So the UFC does this, and for some of those that have won those huge fight bonuses and have a chance now that, you know what, there's only maybe a year or two left in my career, what am I going to do afterwards? Because potentially I haven't made uh, enough money to survive, or maybe I have, but what do I do with that savings? So I think the UFC doing that with the veteran fighters was a fantastic idea and and some way somehow roll it to the young guys the prospects that are coming up because if you don't take care of your money in your 20s and 30s man when you're in your 40s 50s and potentially retiring in your 60s you're big trouble and for some people like i talked to world series of fightings uh shane crutchin today who dealt with ptsd stuff of that nature fighting is therapeutic for him it's not therapeutic for everybody there are a lot of people that think that fighters come from this these terrible backgrounds and all that stuff, not not always the case. Not always the case. And for Ronda Rousey, maybe it used to be therapeutic, but over the past year it certainly hasn't seemed to be. And I think that she's gotten what she wants out of the sport and now realizes, hey, I can get a little bit more. So she's going to do that and more power to her. I think she'll do fine in movies. Hey, if Gina Carano has done fine in movies, I think Ronda Rousey is going to do more than fine in movies. Yeah, she's got a bigger name than Gina for sure. I mean, I wonder what Gina's been getting paid for some of these gigs because she's had some pretty good roles. Um, so yeah, I think I mean I think Ronda will be absolutely fantastic. I mean, I've never I mean I've I've been on on sets before. I don't know what it takes to act the way she's acted in some of her roles. Uh, some say it's extremely easy. Some say it's a challenge. But if you can make I don't know, Sean, 
$5 million acting or $5 million in a cage, I'm probably going to do my best to be an actor. Yeah, she she probably won't make nearly the money that she does fighting. But but here's the thing. I mean, it's a lot less demanding. And, and like you said, she is a much bigger star than Gina Carano. Not even close. Not the same universe because – it's just not, and and Gina Carano was in Haywire. She was in that that movie. That was a, I don't want to say a big movie, but yeah, it was for for an MMA talent. Yes, it was Fast and Furious Six. Uh, she was in uh, Deadpool, and she's already signed on for two kickboxer movies. Ronda Rousey has already been in like Entourage and Fast and Furious stuff like that, and she hasn't even really she hasn't ended her MMA career yet. So I think that'll take off. Also. She'll always have WWE. They will always be interested in her. Like, that, that ain't going away. But speaking of that UFC 207 card, they added TJ Dillashaw versus John Lineker. I like that fight, but I think they should have added that to – well, I, I you know what? I do like it on 207 because now if Cruz or Garbrandt get hurt, you have, you have that fight. Well, I'll say this. If Garbrandt gets hurt, you can move Dillashaw right up. Or you can move Lineker up. I'd say it'll be Dillashaw, but you have that opportunity. What do you think of a Dillashaw-Lineker uh, fight? Is that 100% confirmed? It's reported. Okay. I love it. Either way. Brett Akimoto reported yeah. it, yes. Uh, either way, uh, well, Brett's a good guy, so he's got some good sources. Um, that's a fantastic fight. <laughs> that's just going to be ugly. Uh, be interesting to see. Um, yeah, because, I mean... What, what, what does Lineker do? He brings you into his fight. He makes you brawl. Uh, and, and it'll be a good... I mean, if he gets past... If Lineker can get past Dillashaw, holy smokes, man. Like, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to favor Dillashaw on this fight here uh, only because of that footwork. And if he's smart and doesn't get suckered into that brawl and doesn't get tagged, uh, yeah, I think he emerges victorious. That show is shaping up to be just badass. And as... Uh, our, our moderator on our on our discuss forum seven 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 says it's about time they gave Rousey a little help on these shows and, <laughs> and she's get it Dominic Cruz and Garbrandt Velazquez Verdum Dillashaw Lineker you got Matt Brown Tarek Safadine Neil Magny Johnny Hendricks the UFC has been really really good lately about like every few months just putting on insane cards on pay per view. Oh, it's about time, right? It's it's one of those yeah. things. That, injuries aside, injuries aside, we all know that you know that throws a massive curveball into into any sort of plans that any promotion has, especially the UFC with you know the amount of eyeballs on there. But the fact that when these guys and girls can relatively stay healthy and make it to their fights, it's fantastic. And you know, unfortunately for Luke Rockhold, and now we hear Michael Bisping's in trouble. He's, he's he definitely won't be in two hundred six because of his orbital injury. So. It, it happens. It happens. It's, it, it is part of the sport. But, yeah, the UC is uh, is doing pretty good lately with some of these cards, and it's been a good roll uh, from UFC 200 onwards. And, you know, cross our fingers, Sean, that these, these fights can all stay intact. You mentioned the orbital injury to who? Rockhold or Bisping? Bisping. Tell me a little bit about that. I must uh, maybe David T's got that, but I haven't heard about that. So basically, well, with with Bisping, that orbital bone and, the, and that eye has always been an issue. I mean, you can just just look him sure. in the eyes, you can see it happen. I mean, this guy here, in my opinion, when his career is said and done, the amount of surgeries he is going to require is going to be insane. Uh, but apparently, he was in training, uh, just you know, 
doing his thing and just got hurt, just got popped. So he's uh, apparently won't be able to make it to 206. Uh, and apparently he did respond uh, to Jacques Rey. I haven't had a chance to, to read up on that, but he did respond uh, to Jacques Rey, who immediately, obviously, against with the Luke Rockhold situation, calls out Bisping. And Bisping's like, no, not going to do it. Not going to happen. <laughs> well, the, you know, there were a lot of people who were saying, okay, we're still going to get GSP. We're still going to get GSP at 206. It ain't happening because you can get cage side like two, 300 bucks right now. And if GSP, if they even thought GSP was fighting on that card, you sure as hell wouldn't be able to get cage side for that price. Not, not below four digits. Not, even, not, not close. But Rockhold, he's out of his fight against Jacare. I was most excited to hear Bisping's reaction to this because his feud with everybody in the division – now, if I'm Chris Weidman and Yoel Romero, I am jumping for joy over this. 100%. No ifs, ands, or buts. This is perfect. It's exactly what – I wouldn't say exactly what they wanted, Sean, but it's just like, okay, guess what? We just moved to the front of the line. But, like, what do you think that does with, with Bisping's orbital injury? It depends on the severity of it, right? I mean, how long is it going to take to heal? But – some way, somehow. Now, if he's gone for an extended period of time, I wonder what the UFC is going to do about that. I, I can't see an orbital injury uh, sidelining him for more than, than, than three months, to be honest with you. Three months, it'll heal up. Everything will be fine. So you know, it, it'll probably take him into the first quarter of 2017. But, yeah. First quarter of 2017, you say? Yeah, that's that's my estimation. I mean, if it's – Because – Yeah, yeah go ahead. Where are you going? Because I speculated that one George St. Pierre, you know – <clears throat> Your boy, <laughs> George St. Pierre, would fight on that Super Bowl card. I think he probably still will. And if Bisping's around, I think it'll be him. Well, for those. And if not him, then maybe Anderson Silva, because sources close to GSP's camp said that they thought that GSP's camp thought that GSP versus Silva was a done deal for this, this fall, like this winter. Rather, but then, as they say on the streets, shit went down. Based on my intel, uh, and again, they could, it's it's it could it's it's always volatile. Okay, uh, I, I don't think George has any interest in fighting Anderson Silva. Uh, although the payday would be grand, he does. He'd be more than happy to fight Michael Bisping. More than happy to fight Michael Bisping. Now, would he be more than happy to fight Anderson Silva? Yeah, he, he'd do it. I, I just don't think he, you know, based on, on what I'm gathering, it's it's something he's interested in. It's it's that Bisping uh, because he does want to put a halt to, to Bisping's record uh, in the UFC with the amount of victories because he he super he surpassed George St. Pierre with victories in the Ultimate Fighting Championship. So George sort of wants to put a, a knock on that. And if he can put Bisping down a notch, he gets a middleweight title. Uh, and then there's always a fight. Uh, with anyone in that division, uh, with the exception of Chris Weidman, so I don't think he won't he won't fight Chris Weidman. To my understanding, he'll fight anyone else. But those are big boys. Uh, and I, I know Bisping. Why not? Why not Chris Weidman? Uh, Who uh, Bisping or GSP? GSP. I don't think wants to fight Chris. Why is that? Uh, the whole uh, the connection that they have uh, in New York and stuff like that. So it's it's you know from from the hands of Gracie. You know the John Danaher thing isn't happening anymore. But uh, he re- he's trained with Chris uh, numerous times. Has nothing but all kinds of respect for Chris. Uh, then again, he makes the decision, not me. But that's just based on my conversations so, with him over the years. How many wins does GSP have in the UFC again? I think it's 18, and Bisping has 19, if I'm not mistaken. He's going to have to fight 
Donald Cerrone very soon then. What was Cerrone at? I think he's at like 17. 17. Let me see. Yeah. Oh, no. Let's see. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 18. Oh, boy. Yeah. And uh, they fight in the same weight division. They do fight in the same weight division. I wonder what that – those. Those, yeah, those those training sessions oh. at at Jackson uh, Winklejohn with uh, George and uh, Cowboy would have been like, oh my god, you want to talk about a non-title pay-per-view main event yeah. right there? Yeah, give me that for five rounds. I'll take it. it. I got warm inside thinking about the idea of Donald Cerrone versus GSP. I can't believe I'm talking about George St. Pierre returning to action when I've been vehement about the fact that I don't want him to return. Uh, whatever. Anyways, for, for those that don't know, Sean, I, I, I just scored a gig with George. We did it uh, a year or two ago at the Gentleman's Expo in Toronto. Uh, and now next Friday, November 11th, uh, they've asked for both George and I to return. Uh, it's an intimate atmosphere. Well, I shouldn't say intimate. It's like 500 people uh, the last time. So we're on stage. We're doing a Q&A session, him and I. And then we do open it up to the fans in attendance. I believe he's going to be signing autographs and taking pictures afterwards. But uh, next Friday, November 11th, uh, in Toronto Convention Center, check out gentlemensexpo.com. Yours truly, George St. Pierre on stage and a whole bunch of other uh, superstars all weekend at the Gentlemen's Expo, which is a sick show, by the way. Make sure if you guys are listening right now and you do decide to show up, you better dress up because it's, you know, everyone's all classy in that place, man. Don't show up and yeah. wear your, your Roots of Fight shirt like I got. They you don't could. pay me. I wish, I wish they did. I love Roots of Fight. Yeah, you probably could, but you know, most guys, you know, I'm, I'll be wearing a suit. George will be dressed up, and most people that Throw show up there. Throw on a sports jacket with it, maybe. Done. Maybe. Very simple. Get a sports jacket. Look good. So, uh, yeah, I actually saw a video. I told you off the air. I saw a video of one that you all had done a while back. It looked like it looked like a blast. Honestly, it looked like a really classy situation as well. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited to see how that goes for you. I really am. Speaking of your jobs. Shane Carwin signed with Ryzen, and <laughs> you told us it was happening. I mean, you straight up said, where there's smoke, there's fire, and then maybe a few hours later, they announced it. So, of course, shout-outs to Showdown Joe for that. He also said, Fedor doesn't want to fight me, and to which I replied, no shit? <laughs> yeah, correct. He got hit in the face about 200 times by Fabio Maldonado. And how many of those do you think now? I don't care if Shane Carwin is 60 years old. <laughs> you give me three or four of those from him. It's it's a minor miracle. You That's why it pisses me off, Joe, when people are like, oh, Lesnar doesn't have any chin. No, that is incorrect, my friends. React well to getting hit, but his chin is superb because any other human on earth might have been dead after the punishment he took. Now, if, if Shane Carwin hit Fedor Emelianenko, a fraction of the amount of times that Fabio Maldonado did. That's it. Your career is probably over. I concur. So, yeah. so instead, what's happening? Well, 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 actually, I'll. Carwin's been entered into the the Openweight Grand Prix. Awesome. I think it's great. Op- opposite side of the bracket will be Vanderlei Silva versus Krokop. So there's a good chance. Right, it will be. Yeah, there's a good chance. Uh, you know, if Carwin does move his way through, he could be taking on Krokop and or or sorry, Krokop or Vanderlei Silva. So, I wish 
I wish they'd go full freak show and throw Kawajiri and Crazy Horse in there. God, no. <laughs> They're doing Crazy Horse versus Kimura again. I love yeah. it. Yeah, that's gonna be even. That's gonna be crazy as well. But uh, the, the whole thing with with Vanderlei and and Crazy Horse. That's the fight that, believe it or not, everybody in Japan wants to see. Uh, it's just. Okay put these guys in a ring and let them go at it. I would love to see it. And they're both down for it. That's the thing. They're both down yeah. for it. For the body cam for when you're over there, just all your interactions. I just want to see you follow crazy horse around for a little while. See how he reacts. Dude, I try and avoid crazy horse when I'm down there. I don't think you understand. We were on the same floor. There was about, I'm going to, um, 12 of us on the same floor and thankfully they put crazy horse at the end of the hallway. He had the very last room. Um, and I was somewhere in the middle and you know, you know, when you want some fresh air, you kind of open up your balcony, you, you step onto the, to the balcony and there's crazy horse yelling and screaming at people on the street and doing whatever he does. He's just, the guy's crazy. He's so funny. It's, it's, but you got, you got to keep, I got to keep my distance from him. I'll, I'll get in trouble too, man. The guy's just, he loves to have a good time and okay, I'm out of here. I don't want cops around me. Got to go. A couple of camp changes. Well, actually, sorry, before I get into that. So a uh, buddy of mine, Dwayne Finley of flowcombat.com reported that Fedor is in talks to fight Matt Mitrione in Bellator, to which I thought Fedor might lose that one too. Uh, maybe, maybe not. Really, there are no top 50 heavyweights that I am convinced that he would just mow through at this point. I think everybody has a pretty damn good shot at him. Maybe maybe a couple of exceptions. What does it tell you that he is open to fighting people like Matt Mitrione and Bellator and fighting at EFN, and it was revealed that the UFC gave him the biggest offer that he's received thus far and hasn't taken it. I got to choose my words carefully. I know that. Um, yeah, I do. I, I think, I mean, there's there's one thing where you, you can pick your fights. I get it. Totally get it. But he's just, I think, based on, on looking at this from the surface, he's just destroying his legacy. I mean, he was at one point the greatest heavyweight of all time. He was the greatest heavyweight ever. And as the career continues to unfold, he's, you know, guys like you and I are looking at him going, dude, you're afraid to fight. You're afraid to fight stern competition. We've always wanted to see you in the Ultimate Fighting Championship. Uh, even when Pride was going on, he, and his Pride career was just unbelievable. But then the opportunity to to fight for the UFC came up numerous times and I get there's always negotiation things, but it seems like anyone and everyone has fought in the UFC. You know, it's just, there's been a handful of people that have never competed in the octagon and he's the number one guy that everyone has ever wanted to see. And he could have just cemented himself as the greatest of all time. And instead it's, I feel like he's just chipping away at his legacy, um, not fighting these guys like Shane Carwin would have been fantastic. I mean, there's nothing wrong with Matt Mitrione, but you know, Japan, Fedor, Ryzen, uh, well, come on. There's something wrong with Matt Mitrione because he's been trying to troll John Jones on Twitter. Did you see that? Doesn't surprise me at all, but no, I haven't seen it. He tried. He, like, posted this picture of – it was so weird. He, like, just started picking on John Jones about how he looks. And I'm like, damn, out of all the things, that's to a war 
with with a cup of yogurt when you've got an AK-47 at your disposal. There's so much <laughs> shit you can trash John Jones for. Like, there's no shortage. You just wait for him to do something else stupid. Either that or wait until somebody writes a story about him, link to it, and say, man, this guy's a piece of shit. But trolling him based on how he looks? Ugh. Then somebody says, you're talking about one of the, the greatest light heavyweight of all time. And Matt Mitrione says, yeah, things are different up here, up north at heavyweight. And I'm like, whoa, 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 wait a second. John Jones defeated a guy who, if he so chose, could probably be the UFC heavyweight champion right now. And Daniel Cormier, like, wasn't a problem for him. Like, threw the suck it at him and everything following it. Like, was not an issue. Weird situation. Like, we did a fighting words thing on it about it, and John Jones handled it very, very well. He was, like, because I, I think he was even baffled. Like, what the hell? Like, I think he even thought, there's a lot of other shit to pick on me about besides this. Hey, do you have that thing that kind of when weird. you're playing those sound effects? I do. There, you know, find out, Sean, if you can install your own, your own sound effects. I wish. Because I'll tell you one thing. I told you about that interview uh, or that on, on morning radio here or sports radio when they were talking about Conor McGregor and when Conor McGregor um, basically ripped into Jeremy Stevens and said, "Who the is that guy?" That would have been perfect I think for John. Have a delay here. Like I can't do it. It'll, I'll be like, "Who the." Yeah, I'd have to do it ahead of time. <laughs> but they play this the Conor McGregor clip all the time, every morning, at least three or four times. And it's always at the perfect time. I could be driving on the highway and people are driving by me going, this bald guy laughing his face off because they insert it so many different times, different ways. Like, it's just hilarious. We need to some ways, somehow figure out how to grab that audio clip, make it available to Sean Rossap, and make sure that Sean plays it at the right time. I think there's a way I could do it on Google, I bet. Dude, it's that uh, before, guy. Yeah. That's awesome. Before we get into uh, the cards this weekend, a couple of camp changes. Rafael Dos Anjos left Kings MMA. He wants to start his own deal. Good idea, bad idea? I don't know, man. I don't know. When I saw that, I was kind of like, there has to be. like it's. I know that both Rafael and, and – or both of them, um, they – they were cordial. It was time to separate. It was time to go our own ways. And Endo Sanos was basically going to start his own camp and was maybe open his own gym. And you know, and then Cordero was basically saying, "Yeah, he's going to be a champion one day." He did great here. He was eight and two, uh, or ten and two, or something like that. And it's just like I'm like that does it just to me? It sort of reeks of, of bad blood. Something happened. It got worse and worse and worse. Now it's time to move on. Other than that, I don't see why you would want to leave Kings MMA uh, if you're Dos Anjos. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Sean, but it just seems like a disagreement. Bad blood could be money, could be anything. I don't know. And gone. Yeah, it's 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 unusual. Also, Joanna and JTech started at uh, American Top Team said that she caught, like, some flack from some of the girls there. Like, she caught them gossiping behind her back, and I guess somebody stepped up and said, why, why are you doing that? Like, like I guess Valerie Letourneau, Amanda Nunez, uh, Nina, Tisha Torres, they were like, what, what is she doing here? And I guess Jessica Aguilar, who stepped uh, stood up for her, you know what, if I am those girls, I'd probably keep my mouth shut. 
probably just shutting the hell up because I can't think of any division, any single person. Like if I were in their division, who I would be more intimidated by than Joanna Janjacek. Yeah, no, you're bang on. I mean, um, did, did Jessica step in as sort of defender? Yes. Okay, yeah. She stepped in and Joanna said that she was like, girls, why are you gossiping about Joanna? Let's just train and learn from the best in the world. Because those girls thought that she was just there to take instead of give and thought it was temporary. And Joanna said, no, I want to be here for the rest of my career. Interesting. I mean, um, I could see how some of them would think that way, but listen, man, it's it's a short window. And, and yeah, Johanna is the, is the champion. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Train anywhere in the world, but American top team is a fan. They don't want to help her. They can, you know, she can go anywhere else in the world, but ATT is badass and they just got to understand. I, you know what? I, I don't know the full details. I'll know probably in about a month's time. I know it's going to be late when I'm down there in Florida. I could probably <laughs> talk to everybody face to face and really get some body language, not just over the phone uh, text. Do. Yeah. So I can, I can get to the bottom of some of that. Uh, I got some, you know, good peeps over at ATT that'll give me some information or at least, you know, share what I can make public. Um, but that, that's, it's very unfortunate if you ask me. She was the lone highlight in that media call today. It was easily the most boring UFC media call I've ever been on in my entire life today. Uh, but tomorrow is Conor McGregor and Eddie Alvarez. Like, I'm expecting Conor McGregor to throw out some cool stuff. So, hey, I'm excited for that. Well, well I mean, I've been on a few boring UFC calls, Sean. I mean, it was Johanna was the only one that basically kind of – Trying to carry it, I mean, because well, I mean, I heard Wonder Boy was saying some good stuff and how he's going to go Muhammad Ali yeah. and stuff like that. But it's just this is what kills yeah, me. This but- is what kills me. You're on the same card as Conor McGregor, and you're doing a conference call, and he's not on it. Holy opportunity! And that's why they did it. That's why they did it because they knew that nobody else was going to get any questions. Now the Wonder Boy thing, it's like, yeah, you can say he's going to be the Ali. He's 33 years old. He's not going to be that good for that much longer. I'm not going to buy that. Joanna, meanwhile. Valerie fell off the call, and Joanna started answering questions as if she were Valerie. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> so she's awesome. Also, she had a quote uh, about how she's not appealing. About she's not how the, she's not the most appealing. She doesn't have the biggest boobies, and I quote. Um, she and then which prompted Tyron Woodley to say, "Joanna, you are an OG." Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Did I tell you about my first interview with her? No. I'm telling She's you, a treasure, though. Oh, dude, this interview was just just amazing. It was a gold mine, and and I, I might have been maybe third or fourth question in, camera rolling, and I got the mic in her. You know, I'm I'm, I'm I'm Mike's here, there, here, there. Third question in, I'm looking her in the eye, and I'm like, she's such a sweetheart. She could kill me right now, right now. Yeah. If she chose to, she could kill me. And I kind of caught myself going, uh, oh, there you have it. You got to get J-Check, uh, showed on Joe Sportsnet. I was like, holy smokes, what just happened there? And just and then afterwards, we were just talking. I'm like, what an absolute, like you said, treasure to take your, your, take your word. What a treasure, but what a killer. She's a murderer, man. Yeah. Oh, 
Before we get into these UFC cards, people keep asking me about the, the WWE's Cruiserweight show. I'll address that really quickly. Starting November 29th, WWE is doing a Cruiserweight show. Don't know if it's live. Don't know if it's taped. They may do it before SmackDown. I don't know because the way that they handle their Cruiserweight talents is much different than their normal talents. So they may have them on Raw, then fly them out to wherever the hell SmackDown tape's at. Mauro Ronaldo and Corey Graves are going to call the show. It's going to be an extension of the Cruiserweight division. Jack Gallagher, uh, a lot of people asking about that, uh, a guy who actually has some MMA experience, is uh, confirmed for the show, along with several other names. Personally, not that big on it. It's another hour of WWE TV. The Cruiserweight Classic was a success. If this is more live, so to speak, than that was, I think it'll do fine. But, man, it... They have done zero character building on anybody outside of Brian Kendrick in that division. I'm not inclined to believe they'll do it here. I hope they do. But it's more stuff for people to watch. It's like 10 hours of WWE content to watch every single week. That's just WWE. It doesn't include TNA, Lucha Underground, Ring of Honor, uh, New Japan Wrestling. Because if you do that, you're looking at about 15 hours. Maybe 18, 19 on a pay-per-view week. It's insane. I think it's a little too much. I think it's overkill. I think saturation is rough. And I think you'll see the UFC kind of scaling that back as well next year. But either way, not a fan of it right now. I I reserve my right to change my mind, though. I know one thing, Joe. I am excited that fighting is back. MMA fighting. Some high-level MMA fighting is back. What in the hell are you doing? Four, one, Chicago Cubs so far. Oh, Jesus. I hate the Cubs. I hate them. Top of the fifth. I hate them. Well, we got this UFC Mexico City card, and it's, it's really underrated. It's an underrated show. We're going to talk about some of the biggest fights on the show. Sam Alvey, Alex Nicholson. Now, Alex Nicholson is a big-ass bag of crazy, just like his buddy Mike Perry. <laughs> They are lunatics, and when I'm saying that, and I'm not talking about Sam Alvey, that should tell you plenty about how crazy the person is, because usually Sam Alvey brings the quota of crazy to his fights. Oh, we're in store for some on Saturday night. Sam Alvey, Alex Nicholson. I'm interested in this one. They, they do not like each other, Joe. It's not that, yeah, it's that, but here's the thing though, even though they don't like each other, Sam Alvey does have the ability to control his emotions. Uh, I just don't like the fact that he does relatively start slow. That's my concern for him in this fight here. He needs to be like, when, after Bruce Buffer makes the announcement, I, I still want to see him sweaty because if he's dry, he could be in for a short night. Well said. Former UFC bantamweight title challenger. Or is it flyweight? I can't remember. Joe Soto. The GOAT. He's on the show. He was just added, I think. I'm pretty sure he was just added to that Marco Beltron fight. Uh, 5-1 Cubs. Damn it. (laughs) So that's a little something. That's a little feather in the show's cap. But either way. Eric Perez is also on the show, a guy that they once thought was going to be the face of their Mexican brand. That, that's, that's a good fight to have. But the one I'm really interested in, Alexa Grasso makes her UFC debut against Heather Joe Clark. Heather Joe Clark is a girl that they have kept around. 
Um, I really did. I thought she was gone by now. I was, I'm shocked that she's made it this far. She had, she reeled off or she got that win against Beck Rawlings, which looks even better in retrospect, but she's only fought once since then. And she lost now, granted that was the Carolina people are going to lose, um, against her. But Alexa Grasso, this is a good entry-level fight for her, I think. It's perfect. Absolutely perfect. I mean, Heather Joe will bring it to her. Uh, former hockey player, by the way. Love Heather Joe. Um, lived up in Vancouver in Canada. Played some hockey. Love her. Uh, but she's going to have a hard time with uh, Grasso. I mean, this is, this is going to be a hard scrap. And I, 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 I don't know if she's going to emerge victorious. I'm not going to lie to you, Sean. I do, too. I think it will be relatively easy as well. And I, I would imagine Heather Joe Clark at 36 years old, maybe on her way out here, but I don't see them hanging on her at seven and six. But, but luckily for her, Invicta will sign anybody who has sniffed the UFC. So, don't blame them. I don't blame them. I don't blame them either. Not not a bit. I'm I, hey, I commend them for it because getting professional MMA fights as a woman, not, not always easy, even today. Uh, it's a matter of getting one, then making sure it will actually happen is another thing. Benil Dariush versus Rashid Magomedov. I'm excited for this one, too. This is another under-the-radar fight that has a lot of potential. Oh, it's got massive potential. The only problem is that they're, they're not mainstream names, right? They're not, people aren't talking about them, you know, if you're, if you're just walking around town or the city, or whatever, but this is a solid fight, man. Anytime Darius fights nine times out of 10 is absolutely fantastic. I love watching him scrap. So this is going to be a barn burner. And, and um, based on the style matchups, Sean, correct me if I'm wrong, this one will probably go the distance, but it won't be a boring fight, in my opinion. We said that so many times and it ended up not happening that I'm not going to say it anymore. <laughs> That's so true. So bad. But I, I like the matchmaking. Benil Dariush, six out of seven wins. Or won six out of his last seven. Uh, Maga Madoff is, is 4-0 in the UFC. I like the matchmaking here because somebody will benefit from this. It's not like where the Michael Johnson fight. Who did he, who did he most recently be? Dustin Poirier. Poirier. I thought that was bad matchmaking. You had a guy on a hot streak against a guy on a cold streak, and the guy on the cold streak won. So it's like, damn. And now you've got Michael Johnson fighting Khabib, which they, they threw him right up there. But eh, we'll talk more about that fight next week. Gosh, next week's show. <laughs> oh, next week's show. Jeez. So you're saying how many I times, can't be sick next week many, is what you're saying. Yeah, definitely not. How many times have – have you said to somebody, this is the biggest UFC card of all time? Then something happens, and it's not anymore. It's happened so many times over the past, like, year or so. Uh, Ricardo Lamas versus Charles Oliveira, another one of those damn fights that's just like, okay, neither one of these guys are on a hot streak, per se, as I mentioned, but these are two top-level talents. I got Lamas, second round. I love Oliver, but I just I just don't trust him anymore. I'm not gonna lie to you. Well, well, ever since he fell victim to that dim mock move that Max Holloway did to him in last August, oh, that was a legit move, though. I mean, that that was legit. That was dim mock. <laughs> that was the, like that's proof that it works in the octagon. I don't know why we keep bringing this up. It's a fact. I had like on my Facebook <laughs> there there was a guy who came in while I was teaching kickboxing one day, and he was like, "Yeah, me and my trainer beat you all with the death touch." 
And I was like, hey, buddy, you bring him in and he taps out anybody on my team. I'll give you a free month of membership at the gym. To which the owner of the gym said, excuse me? And then I, then I was like, oh, no, it's Dim Mock. And he was like, oh, yeah, okay, I'm definitely willing to do something. The fo- and, and it started this big Facebook war, like 200 comments. The following week, the Max Holloway Oliveira thing happened, and I posted the pirated video on the comments, and I was like, I was wrong, guys. Dim Mock is real. Yeah. This man's esophagus ended his four-fight winning streak. So um, Diego Sanchez, Marcin Held. Ooh, I'm a, I'm a fan of hell because I'm a big catch wrestling guy and he is, he's a toehold fanatic. He's, he's, he's a leg lock guy. I got a soft spot for him. You guys are sick. You're all, all you catch wrestling guys are sick. We had a guy, an amateur fighter, Brian McDowell. He was, he was standing and the guy was on his back and his legs were up like trying to fend off and he was throwing down punches and throwing down punches and he could have kept doing it, but he just saw the foot there and he was like, Nope, standing toe hold. Oh, we used to call that. El, we used to out. call that El Cheapo in the gym. If you ever, after, if you ever went out for toe hold, we used to call it El Cheapo and chances are there was going to be a fight. How dare you? Uh, no, it's just, How dare you? I'm not saying anything. I'm just simply saying back then, that's what it was like. If you ever went after that, you were, it was called El Cheapo and there was a good chance if you did it, you're in for a fist fight. That's a legit technique. Now it is, it is. No, there's no doubt. But we, we we would always try and protect our knees and our and our ankles whenever we would train back in the day with just jits in general. Um, if you're at a higher level with the yeah. higher belts, yeah, you could do it. But uh, even nowadays, and I'm, and like I said, 43 years old. If if I'm training and someone goes after my legs or my knees, I get I'm like my fist just clenched. I just I'm gonna punch you in your face, man. Let's not just do this. Come on. Well, I train when I do train. I train with catch wrestlers, and man, I have some wiry ass legs. I mean, I did I did a little pro wrestling, and that's just how a lot of pro wrestlers are built, unfortunately. And I fell victim to that. So, man, my legs get gone after a lot. And also, I'm not as good as those people, so they know that they can do it. Uh, to, uh, toe holds, I'll I'm I'm cool with toe holds. I don't care. Heel hooks, yeah, I'd like to be able to walk. Yeah, thank I'd you. I'd like to be able to walk up and down my stairs the next day honest with you the conditioning drills the squat drills they have you do and the duck walks before they'll do much more damage to me either way held in sanchez it's like <laughs> they found two guys with completely different styles here you got a guy who's a leg lock specialist against a guy who is a crazy ass specialist <laughs> that's a style crazy ass you're right i mean he used to hang out with dan quinn diego sanchez did he used to go down there and shovel stevia down his throat all the time. It's crazy. Crazy. Man. Greatest gift of all time is when he walked out to the Ellenberger fight with that cross, with the possessed eyes walking to the octagon. I oh, was yeah? just like, we were all sitting there going, what's wrong with this dude? This is not normal. Normal people don't behave I mean, you like know this. He's responsible for the most popular wrestling chant of the last 15 years, right? He got that from Tony Robbins, right? The yes, yes, yes. Yeah, the yes. And Daniel Bryan got it from him. And, and oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because Daniel Bryan's a big Daniel Bryan. He he also he went to Billy Robinson seminars and trained at Extreme Couture. Uh, he's a big MMA guy. Main event of the night: Rafael dos Anjos, Tony Ferguson. Now, just, it's so funny because when casual fans, I'm like, "What do you think of Tony Ferguson?" They say, 
Well, he tries awful hard to be like Conor McGregor. And I agree, he does. He tries real hard. But that doesn't take away from the fact that the guy can fight. He hasn't lost in four and a half years. The one guy he did lose to is Michael Johnson, who, as we've seen on any given night, can beat anybody. You just never know. He's lost one time in the last seven years. The former UFC lightweight champion, how do you think it's going? Man, I was going to save this one for the article, and I am. Um, (laughs) Oh, wow. Um, Ferguson, okay. I'm going to, depending on the mindset that Dos Anjos has coming out of that Alvarez fight, uh, the way he was, I mean, because we all looked at that fight, and so anyone that looked at Dos Anjos over the past few years is like, this guy's just the best in the world. He's unbeatable. Uh, but then he loses, and of course, recency bias kicks in, and you're like, nah, he's not that good. Well, actually, you know what, dude? He is that good. And we laughed at Eddie Alvarez for saying he trained like 400, 500 rounds of boxing, getting ready for this fight, and oh, he's going to be concussion prone, he could get knocked out, and instead he did the knocking out. So it's, it's interesting to see, I think Ferguson, uh, I mean, Ferguson almost lost his last fight. Right against Lando, so yeah. he needs to be careful because Dos Anjos, and that was a smaller guy that he almost lost to, and Dos Anjos is a beast, southpaw. Uh, you know what? I, I am going to lean towards. Uh, it's five rounds. It's five rounds. So uh, I'm going to go with the former champ. Can't wait for that fight. Can't wait for it. Also, I can't wait for this Friday's Bellator show. I've been interviewing people all week. I spoke to Scott Coker, Liam McGeary, Phil Davis, Marlos Kunin, uh, Paul Daly. Marlos Kunin. Have you ever talked to her? Yeah. A sweetheart, that well, woman. Yeah. I don't know that I've ever talked to an MMA fighter just more genuinely kind than that woman. I, it was – it was. There's, you know, but there are, there, there's dozens and dozens and dozens of them out there. It's just that people don't know that. But then when you actually get that one interview with someone like Marlusa, you're just oh, kind of sure. like – you feel like a million bucks. He's just like, you know what, thank you. It makes you feel good that you had the opportunity to do it. But, you know, they give him the car wash treatment, and I know. And if depending on when I get back to Bellator PR, that, that is dependent on the order in which I get their interviews. So I try to respond to Bellator ASAP and be like, give me this person, give me this person. That way I get them as early as possible. That way I'm not like their old 10th interview. Because, you know, and I was one of her last interviews, and you would have never been able to tell it because – and there are a lot of times it's just a job. It's just – it's hard. There are some guys and girls that I talk to, and I'm like, how am I going to get five minutes out of this? That's the worst. Oh, I've been there. Oh, you're there, just kind of like – There are people like – and actually Shane Crutchin today, who I didn't know a lot about until I researched him for an hour or two hours. Just like they're fascinating people and nice people. Uh, I don't think she's going to be nice to Talita Noguera. This is – I would think this is very much a rebound fight for Marlos Kuna. Now, she's in an interesting spot because Julia Budd told me they're starting a women's featherweight championship early next year. Scott Coger wouldn't confirm that to me, but Julia Budd kind of did, and I would think that she would know. Now, the Noguera fight, she's facing a girl who hasn't fought in a while in Noguera. There's not a lot of film on her, and she admittedly overlooked Alexis Dufresne. Scott Coker tells me he's not even really counting the Dufresne fight because Dufresne didn't make weight. Like, so it doesn't apply towards that division, I guess. 
from what I understand, the plans are Marlos Kunin, Julia Budd, given that Kunin goes, uh, gets past Noguera. You think that's a good ball for Bellator? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the only reason why I say that is because you've got two names that people do know, uh, maybe maybe with the hardcore guys like yourself and me and uh, obviously the fans. But the one thing I learned – Joe would pick in that fight. <laughs> Whatever. With Whatever. your flappy head. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> go Julia. Um, so in a, in a, the one thing I learned when I was, when I was heavily involved uh, in mixed martial arts promotion, uh, and I'm talking UCC and, and TKO, and especially when I was with a company called Apex Championship Fighting, the one thing we learned very, very quickly, doesn't matter what promotion you are, people love champions. People love seeing belts put around other people's waist. People love associating. And it's, it's a different mentality. Now, when you start getting champions involved, people will pay attention because it is a title fight. It's been ingrained in us, um, you know, generations from, from the boxing world. A champion is a champion, right? And you start putting belts around people, it adds a bit more legitimacy to a fight. So if Julia and Marlos can fight, providing, like you said, Marlos gets past Noguera, I'd love to see it. I think it's very important for Bellator. You start showcasing these champions. Um, it's just it's just better business, in my opinion. So, um, a couple other fights on here, very th- that are looking to be one sided. Paul Daly, Derek Anderson. Derek Anderson is much better than people are giving him credit for, because a lot of people are counting him out. But um, Paul Daly is favored to win this fight. Now, Derek Anderson has wins over Patricky Pitbull. But he's never been that that top, top level dude. But neither has Paul Daly. Now, Paul Daly has said he wants to fight Rory McDonald. I love that idea because if you want to get an exciting fight out of Rory McDonald, do it. Yeah, I I think it'd be fantastic. I mean, I still want to see Daly versus Koscheck, but they keep saying it's not going to happen, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, Daly doesn't want it anymore. Yeah, well, Daly's got to take care of business first. I know he's favored. Just just take care of business. Um, But uh, I will never, ever, ever, ever complain about a fighter already planting seeds in the future, a.k.a. Chael Sonnen, a.k.a. Conor McGregor. I think it's a fantastic idea. Uh, good on Daly because if he does win this fight, take a wild guess what he's going to talk about in that post-fight interview. Roy McDonald. Yeah, he sh- as he should. Also, Sergey Karatanov returning to America to fight Javi Ayala. I- I'm going with uh, Karatanov in this one. By the way, guys, had an exclusive up with him on the site today. I'm going to have one up with Coonan tomorrow. One with Coker Saturday, I think uh, Davis and or Coker Friday, and Davis and McGeary Friday probably as well. I think Karatanov's going to win this. Then you got Karatanov, Lashley, Congo, Mitrione. Coker tells me that first quarter 2017, it's heavyweight title time, but I do not believe him. <laughs> <laughs> That heavyweight division is cursed. You had a man that would rather retire to work on Wall Street than defend that championship. That should be the swerve. Scott Coker, after this fight, should just pull Cole Conrad out from the curtain with a championship belt. And there he is, the rightful owner of the Bellator (laughs) Heavyweight Championship. The linear champion for Bellator. Yeah. 
I'm cool with it. You know what? I'm not Phil you know, Davis, you, Liam before you get to Davis and McGree. Um, you, you, you mentioned four names. The one thing I used to really love about Bellator, uh, and I know they scrapped it um, ever since Coker came in, was that tournament format. And the second thing I learned in MA promotions, people love tournaments, sports. We all love tournaments, whether it's, it's, you know, the world series of baseball, the playoffs, it'll be playoffs, whether it's um, hockey, whether it's NCAA basketball, people love tournaments. You put those four guys in there and you announce these four are going to vie for the heavyweight title. Uh, and then, you know, you, 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 you just make that stupid little graph of the lines intersecting with each other. I think it's a fantastic way to, to keep people interested and keep people involved. And I just wish uh, more promotions would do it. I wish the UFC would do it, for God's sake. Uh, I think Bellator should do it. I, if I, think they, I think they would have had Henderson won. I think absolutely they would have. Rockhold, Weidman, Jacare, and Romero probably would have. Here's, here's my problem with Bellator, Joe. Their titles don't mean anything. And they are the reason their titles don't mean anything. Yeah, true. Very good point. They couldn't keep Paul Conrad. Uh, Lombard vacated the title and left. They Halsey, okay, the Halsey thing, not their fault. But when Brandon, Brandon Halsey is your champion a year and a half ago, and then you cut him a year and a half later after a couple losses, a little rough patch, when Emmanuel Newton is the best light heavyweight champion you've ever had, he has a small rough patch, you cut him? What does that say? When... Zoila Gurgel is your champion, Zoila Frosto now, and you just abandon the division? Like it doesn't exist? That, what does that say? When Ben Askren walks and goes to Asia, what does that say? When Will Brooks leaves your show, what does that say? Well, a lot of that's because you got guys like Frodo who did win these tournaments and got royally screwed over. Huge. Huge. And – you lose guys like Blagoy Ivanov. Vitaly Minikov doesn't want to fight there. Nobody with Av at the end of their name wants to fight for Bellator anymore. <laughs> Meanwhile, they were the catalyst. They were what brought a lot of these great European fighters over. I loved it. I, that's the one thing that I really, really loved about Bjorn Rebney is his connection, at least early on, with Europe was real good. They had some good people scouting for their company. And it's it's a bummer. It's a bummer to see how many homegrown talents they've just let go. It sucks. It sucks. McGeary Davis, who you got? What did McGeary call him? The little man? Did he call Phil Davis the little man? Or a sad, he pathetic like a man? Or... I know he said he feels sorry for him or something. That small, little, pathetic man. I'm going to embarrass him. Uh, oh, I'm going to go flat out with Phil Davis in this fight here. Take nothing away from Liam, uh, who's a fantastic fighter. Uh, I just think Phil Davis is out to prove a point, uh, and he's going to win this fight. I have never seen a man so entertaining outside of the cage and so boring inside of it. With that being said, Phil Davis is responsible for one of my most for one of my favorite submissions of all time, when he did that hammer lock, oh, hot damn, that was awesome. The Mr. Wonderful behind the back. Ooh, that yep. was great. Beautiful. You hammer ever lock met, you ever met Phil? No, I Dude, haven't. Funniest guy ever. I mean, you, you could tell by his interviews. Really? We did the uh, – He's very entertaining. Dallas Stars versus the Boston Bruins. Uh, the UC, Schaller, and the boys put us up in a, in a box, uh, and they brought in Phil Davis. Uh, and I think – 
I'm not mistaken, Uriah Hall. I could be wrong, but I know Phil Davis was there. And uh, a good friend of mine, Rick J. Lee, uh, who's been around. He worked at Fox for the UFC and stuff like that. And we, it, it was just the three of us, or four of us, just ripping into each other, like just back and forth. And then uh, Phil was throwing these fake kicks uh, around and blah, blah. I said, really, Phil? You're a wrestler. You think your kicks are going to hurt me? And he just eyes stunned and all i saw was my body in the air double leg takedown middle of a booth uh, or middle of a suite about to get killed and he was dying of laughter that's the kind of sense of humor phil davis has you could rip him as much as you want he could give it he could take it uh i'm not gonna lie to you i was super sad uh when he got when he left the ufc and he went to bellator but i get it for his career but i'm telling you man one of the funniest the, the stuff that you see and hear uh, is just minuscule compared to the type of guy that he actually is when you meet him in person. He's so funny. His wit is fantastic, but he can take it just as much as he can dish it out. As always, we have live viewing parties at Bellator, uh, UFC this weekend, another thing that we'll get into briefly. But also we have live weigh-ins. You can stream those on the site. You can stream the Bellator prelims on the site in our live viewing party. Also, the post-fight press conferences. And Showdown Joe and I, I would imagine we'll be bringing you a show on Sunday. I'm not. I don't want to keep people up until 2 a.m. after a UFC Mexico show. So maybe we can make something work on Sunday instead, depending on Joe's schedule. Rather, a couple quick things I wanted to get into before we go. Lene Breckenridge appointed uh, Dave Schaller's old position. Have you interacted with her much? I have not. So I have. I don't at all. No. So you hate her. Okay. Great. <laughs> I didn't say that at all, but I'm sure I will get to know her uh, very soon, obviously, with the show coming to Toronto. So we'll see. Pacquiao versus Vargas this Saturday. Did you have any idea Pacquiao was fighting Saturday? Uh, I'm going to go with what is no for 500, Alex. That should tell you the state of boxing in 2016. Now, I'm not going to be one of those guys that boxing is dead. No, it's not dead. Uh, 2017 is going to be awesome if Tyson Fury can – Gain some semblance of control over himself. He's going to be very good. Anthony Joshua is going to fight Vladimir Klitschko. Um, hopefully we get Triple G Canelo. That would be really good. We do have Kovalev and Ward next Saturday. That is the biggest fight of the year, I th- in my opinion. But uh, Pacquiao versus Vargas. And I don't think it'll do that hot, but... We got a live viewing party of it on Saturday, so hot diggity damn. Fightful.com is the place to be. Go there, register. You get early access to podcasts. You get access to our forums, which are being overhauled. I hear they are being done sometime soon. Check out our new visual changes, too. We have all kinds of news, tons of news. I mean, like, all day, every day. Go to Fightful.com, and you will get all the news you'll need for MMA, boxing, and wrestling. And if you don't like one of those sports – you don't have to go to them. You can go to Fightful.com slash wrestling slash boxing slash MMA and get all your news there. Bookmark that. We have exclusive interviews, podcasts, uh, segments, columns, all kinds of stuff there. And we're adding a column section soon. Lots of cool stuff. Somebody says, what happened to Brock's USADA ruling in October, Sean? I think it got moved back. I'll, I'll look into that. Do you know what happened with that? Got moved. You're right. Got moved. Uh, also, Pat Lundvall is leaving. Your thoughts, Joe, before we go. <laughs> Out to lunch, man. Like, go away. Just, I don't know what kind of world she lives in, right? Like, really? Just leave. Go do something else. Go do something else civil. You're, you're crazy.
<laughs> That's how I feel about your statement right there. Can't stand her. Guys, I am back tomorrow afternoon with Matt Riddle. Next week's show with Matt Riddle will be free to non-members as well. All of our uh, UFC 205 shows will be, so this one will be as well. Uh, because obviously we don't want to make them, I, I say free, but you never have to pay for a membership at Fightful.com. It's absolutely free, no credit card required. But we don't want to give them to you non-members for free after 205. So we're bringing those. Guys, for Showdown Joe, this is Sean Ross Sapp. Until next time, we are out. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.